listening to the Morning Punchin' Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Good morning, everybody. It is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punchin' Show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, August 21st. Our guest on the hotline bling today is no other than Bo Max McIntyre, the trainer to the new undisputed welterweight world champion of the world, Terrence Crawford. Let me properly introduce my partner in crime. She's from out of Inglewood, California, but being brought to you today from Las Vegas, Nevada, Jay LaBeouf. What's good, Jay? What's good, RB? And good morning and happy Monday to everybody. Unfortunately, we don't have a hot question this week. But we do have a great topic to discuss during this week's installment of Chase Tate. So I'm going to leave off what we're going to talk about then, but I'll give you a little hint what it deals with. It has to deal with boxing because that's what we're about on this show. So (laughs) make sure you keep listening. We want you to chime in and send your thoughts. Still use the hashtag TMPS. Use the hashtag boxing. Help us trend this show on Monday morning. Keep using that TMPS hashtag along with the boxing hashtag. So Folks like you can find us and listen to this great, great show that we do every week. So, with that, back to you, RB. Good to be back with you. Uh, good to be back, too. Had a blast in Omaha. I'll share more of that whole experience um, with everyone during the fight recaps, and we're going over the Crawford and Dongo, that big win. Um, anyway, I wanted to announce that starting next week, Know It or Blow It, our boxing trivia game, will be brought to you by TheBoxingInsider.com. BoxingInsider.com sent me a huge box of prizes to give away on our show starting next week. In this box, there are signed gloves by Mike Tyson. There is signed memorabilia by Manny Pacquiao. There are a bunch of photos. There are fight-worn trunks and robes from fighters like Larry Holmes from back in the day. I mean, the BoxingInsider.com blessed us, Jay. Yes, I want to win some of these prizes that are in the box. So Me starting next week, too. we're going to revamp Know It or Blow It. You better know your stuff. We're going to give you guys 20 seconds um, because it doesn't seem like 10 seconds is enough, and we want to give away good stuff. And, again, it's a box full of goodies. So next week, make sure you guys tune in. Every week we'll announce what we're giving out, whether it's a Tyson glove or some fight-worn clothes, but lots and lots of good stuff. So, Jay, let's jump right into fight recap said jay has a uh jay big take um and then we got bo mac who is always such a treat which he'll pick up you know some good time on the show today and you still need to fill us in with everything that happened last week with in case you missed it yes let's do it all right so this weekend let's see omaha nebraska saturday night jay it was bananas out there it was I mean, it was so, it was such a historic event. The fans really showed up. The undercard opened up um, with some heavyweights on the undercard. Brian Jennings, Dylan White, they returned from their layoffs. They got knockout wins. I wasn't there just yet to see them fight, but they got the wins. Huge knockout by Mike Alvarado, who absolutely drilled the hell out of this guy, Sidney um, Disequerias, in the fourth round. Did you mm-hmm. see that knockout? 
I did. That was a monster. If you got to close out the show, that's the way you do it. That guy got folded up like a lawn chair. Kudos to Mike Alvarado. You know, uh, at the weigh-in, actually, I flew on Southwest to Omaha, and I had to stop in Denver. Mike Alvarado got on my plane. I was like, wow, he's, fight- he's oh, flying wow. on Southwest. Yeah. Uh, he didn't look good on the plane. And then when he got there, you know, he still didn't look good. He looked a little heavy, but that's not unnormal for fighters, you know, where they still got to cut, you know, uh, four or five pounds the day before the weigh-in. But he just looked tired, like, you know, not just boxing tired, but, like, in life. You know, he just looked really tired, Mm. and I thought the life looked sucked out of him. At the weigh-in, you saw a lot of scar tissue, and I thought, man, this could be a really long night for Mike Alvarado. And the first three rounds were tough for him. And then, man, he just drilled the hell out of that guy. And I think the knockout made it, like, on Sports Center highlights. Yes, it did. It was, it was very, very impressive. You know, he was a little down on the undercard, so only people in attendance really got to see it, or it was on the top rank stream. At any rate, I did see the knockout. I saw a clip of it on Twitter, and it was a very impressive knockout of the year candidate. He just completely crushed his opponent with one punch. So, once yeah. again, congratulations, Mile High City stand-up. Yeah. So, opening up the telecast, we had featherweight Shakur Stevenson, the 2016 Olympic silver medalist. He beat David Paz uh, pretty easily on all three cards. He had a fifth-round knockdown. I was paying attention to Twitter that night to see what people's feedback was and their thoughts on Shakur Stevenson. Now, early on in the fight, I said, wow, you know, he's got really good timing. He's very fundamentally sound. But, yes, he is still a baby. I mean, I, I, how old is he, Jay? Do you know? Is he, like, 19 or 20 or, yeah, you know? But he's, like 20 year, he's, like, 20 years old. I don't even think he's 21 yet. Yeah. So, I, I think he still has a lot to develop in his strength, in his power. And I think that's going to come as he becomes a man. I mean, I think he's still a kid. But, I mean, all the tools are there. People like him. He got a very great reception in Omaha, the same that he did in New York, Jay, when, when he fought on the card that we were at. Um, right. It was just, you know, he looked good. I, I saw a lot of people beating him up. What would you think? I thought people were beating him up unnecessarily as well. He is a young guy. If we look at this, what is this? What is this, like his third professional fight, his third or fourth professional fight? Everybody yeah. is not going to be Lomachenko. Nobody's going to jump right into fighting and just start drilling people. Let the kid develop. He was an amateur standout and an Olympian. He's making the adjustments over to the professional style. It looks like top rank is fully behind him. And give him a chance to grow. If this was Let the boy grow. Good grief. Give a, Get off him. <laughs> He's a kid. <laughs> you know, I, went by, you know, he, I was going to say, now, if he gets to be like 10 to 15, if he gets to be 10 to 15 fights in and he still looks like that, then you can say. Yeah. I actually got to talk to Shakur a little bit on Thursday. I went over to the Crawford gym and everybody was hanging out over there and just everyone was really at ease. The kid is always happy. And that was my one of my biggest concerns. And I asked some people in Crawford camp, like, Core had dog in him because every time we see him, he's smiling. He's like on top of the world. I mean, he just looks like the most friendly dude. And and they're like, Nah, Shakur got dog in him. Like, don't let him fool you. Mm-hmm. He got. And I'm like, 
for real? Because that was like my biggest concern with him, his power. And does he have that dog in him? He just seems so nice. They guaranteed me he does. So um, hopefully, you know, that'll come out. I know he's expected to fight at least two more times this year. So they're definitely keeping him busy. Good for awesome. him. Yeah. So the co-main event. Okay, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It was hard to sit through it. Savasic stopped yeah, Baker in the co-feature. I, I went and got some food during this fight. I just, it was weird, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> it, I was very disappointed. It was like the Usyk curse. It's like, you know, when we were all looking forward to seeing cruiserweight uh, Usyk, and he ended up being very disappointing. That was the same thing that happened to Gavazdik. We, I was real high on him and was excited to see what he was going to do, and he just looked real like I, I was cooking dinner too. I walked away, came back, and it still looked like the same thing. It was like being trapped in Groundhog's Day. Well, let me tell you how respectful the fans of Nebraska are. They didn't even boo that fight. They were so excited, and I just think so respectful of Terrence. Like, they really adore him. I can't explain this. You, you, you really have to be there to understand what I'm talking about because everywhere you go, you get a little bit of hate. There's no hate out there for this kid. Like, he don't got haters out there. And they couldn't even hate on the undercard. They were just so excited for him to be up next. They didn't even boo that fight. If that would have been in New wow. York or, like, Philly – or, like, maybe even L.A., that fight would have been booed out the building. The boo birds would have been out. Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. Fans in L.A. boo their own fighters. So, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so let's go to the main event. Crawford, Terrence Crawford becomes the undisputed junior welterweight champion of the world. He knocked out Julius Ndongo which was a tough, tough opponent. Stop saying because you didn't know him that he ain't nothing. He was a very, very formidable opponent. He had two belts that he won on the road. He's a road warrior. Crawford earned his place in boxing history. It was not a body shot that put Ndongo down. He was counted out in the third round. It was, it was truly one of the most memorable events that I think I've ever been to, Jay. It looked How amazing. It the arena, I enjoyed it very much. The arena looked full. Um, the broadcast team, they were pretty cool. They were, uh, we'll get into that later in the show. But I enjoyed the fight. Well, Andre Ward did a great job. Joe Tessitore did a great job. Teddy was not his usual Teddy, where you just want to mute it sometimes, but he was just saying some crazy things in the post-fight wrap-up, and it was pretty amusing to watch Andre Ward and Terrence Crawford, who are the number one and number two, arguably the number one, number two pound-for-pound champions in the world right now, and them reacting to Teddy saying that Lomachenko is still a better pound-for-pound fighter than the both of them. So just watching some of those reactions, and I get it. People like Lomachenko. I like Lomachenko, too. I look forward to him fighting every time he fights. But to put him ahead of Ward and Crawford on the pound-for-pound pound list is just is lunacy. I'm sorry. It's just utter lunacy, and I don't get it. But other than that, the broadcast team was good. Joe Tessitore is always a pro. Ward did a great job. So, you know, Teddy, chill a little bit. Watch the tape back and chill a little bit because I know you can't believe that. 
I can't uh, the, the The night before the fight, Jay, uh, we had went and ate some steak, and I was really full, and I was going to go for a walk. And all of a sudden, I hear, yo! And I'm like, I turn around, and it's Terrence. I'm like, yo! And he's like, what you doing? I was like, we're going for a walk. He's like, I'll walk with you. He wanted to go for a walk, too, because he had eaten a lot after the weigh-in. So we went for this really long walk around the hotel. He called it. He told me the night before on a walk that he was going to kill body. That that's what they were. Uh Uh-oh. Ladies and gentlemen, keep hanging with us. It looks like we lost RB, but she will be joining us back in just a moment. While we wait to get her back on the line so we can get some more sights and sounds from uh, Omaha, Nebraska, why don't we take a quick commercial break and we'll get RB back. In- For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com, providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today, the only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. All right. And we are back. Uh-oh. Sorry, okay. Jay. We, we, just can't, we, just, we just can't get it. Yeah, I'm sorry. We just can't get it together today. I flew in really late last night prepping for the show. We're overstepping, whatever. Anyway, I'm just excited. My adrenaline has finally rushed down. Uh, but what I was saying before my mic cut off is that Terrence did call us the night before. He did say, you know, they had a plan. They were going to execute it. He was going to go to the guy's body. Everybody in that building heard that shot. Everybody heard that shot. I mean, it was just something unreal. The crowd, Jay, I looked around the crowd and I just thought, here we go again. It's the most diverse crowd that you're ever going to see. I mean, in the crowd, you see Warren Buffett, the Bloods, the Crips, the Hillbillies, you see farmers, you see college students. They absolutely adore him. His ring walk was perfect. You know, he opted out not to do a traditional ring walk. He walked right through the fans as to say, Y'all are my people, and I'm here with y'all. Um, you know, he's just the most humble dude. He doesn't need a 1,000 security men around him, and it was for the state of Nebraska. Jay, in five fights that he's fought in Nebraska, that he has sold over 10,000 seats, and the only really big name was Gamboa. That city loves that state, really, because he was in Lincoln this time and not Omaha. And they love some Terrence Bud Crawford out there. Contrary to what, you know, folks would believe, that, that, that whole state has love for Bud Crawford, and now they have even more reason to celebrate. They should just go ahead and have a parade. Are they going to have a parade in Omaha for him? Um, that I don't know, but that is a good question. You know, I talked to Jim Boone. If you don't know who Jim Boone is, on Twitter, he's at KO Tickets. And he sells boxing tickets um, for several promoters across the country. He always has really good deals and really good tickets. Anyway, he sent me some facts yesterday that I wanted to share on the show. Uh, But Bud, Terrence Crawford, and his fans from Nebraska have officially now made him the top American ticket seller in boxing today besides Floyd Mayweather. Wow. Wow. Can you believe that? And you know what? It goes to show you that having a promoter matters. Don't tell me, oh, I don't need a promoter. I have a manager. You know, there's some fighters out there that are really inactive. 
that deserve a lot better, that deserve to be promoted, that deserve to be marketed, that should be way, way bigger than they are right now. And you know what? Bud doesn't do a lot of interviews. He doesn't do media. He's not very active on social media. But he's now the top American ticket seller in the country in boxing. How's that work? When you do good things and you do good work, the fans will come out and see you. And especially uh, small-time fans. I think that because there are so few that come from that part of the world, they are happy and excited to lift up their own. So congratulate, congratulations, Nebraska. Your, your boy yeah. did <laughs> You know, I'd like to see the same effort put in defense. I think we all love Earl Spence. We think he's a really good fighter. I would love to see, like, him really have a promotional team. You know, I saw him tweet the other day, I still don't have a fight date yet, coming soon. You know, he was on the Morning Punchman show with us a week or two ago, and he said, well, maybe late October, maybe November. Like, damn, are we even going to see Earl Spence this year? He had that big win with Kel Brook. Well, anyway, I think that's a huge, huge fight in the future. Um, Terrence Crawford, after the fight, did some interviews with ESPN, some other people. He did say he's going to vacate the belt. We'll get more information from Bo Mack in a little bit on that to see what the plan is moving up to 47. I will tell you that Terrence wants to fight Earl Spence. He wants to fight Keith Thurman. He wants to go after all those guys at 47. So lots of fun in the future if um, politics can work itself out between managers and promoters. I think there's a lot of good fights in the future, Jay. I hope so. I hope this is the the turning of a page of a new part in boxing history where we continue to see the best fighting the best, more unification bouts, and let's just hopefully we can we can work it out. I hope we can work it out. Yeah. All right, let's see. I think that's it for me, Jay. I mean, besides the atmosphere, it was great. Um, You know, I got some good word on the curb that we'll share a little bit later that I got from Omaha that actually Dan Raphael leaked it a little bit before me, but we'll elaborate more on it during word on the curb. Um, I think we are ready for Jake. I don't know if Jake is ready for Jake's take. He has not joined us in the queue yet, so why don't you go ahead and hit him on his phone, and I'll play a quick commercial break while we're waiting. All right, sounds good. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com. We put hands on you. And we are back. Welcome to the Morning Punch and Show with RB and J, the realest podcast in the game, your favorite fighter's favorite podcast. You know that if you listen to the show. We are here remotely. RB has made it back to Phoenix and back with us today on the line. She was very missed while she was gone, but I hope you enjoyed Jake and I holding it down for her while she was in the travel mode. And today we're recapping Crawford versus Ndongo. You know, in the aftermath of this victory, what was really refreshing to see on social media was folks were really united in their celebration of Terrence Crawford. I didn't really see, like, some of the hate that I usually see from fans after a Crawford fight. It was really, really refreshing. You know, you have the begrudging kind of, he ain't shit, but not the, you know, just not the hate that we usually see. When you did have a chance to jump on social media, RB, did you notice that? 
I did. You're right. I, I didn't see a lot of hate going on. I think that there is a lot of respect there. And people have just accepted him for what he is. You know, he's a humble guy and he's a father first. He will tell you that a hundred times that he is a father first. Uh, the sweetest thing Jay was the night before the fight, he looked at his son and he said, uh, Hey, T, you ready for daddy to win? It's about his kids. Oh. You know, he could care less about anything and everyone else. Um, and I think people really have learned to accept him, and they're finally giving him the credit he deserves. And hopefully BOMAP will get the credit he deserves now, too. Excellent. Well, I think that it is time for us to move into our next segment, so let's get ready for some Jake's Take. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's Take. Good morning, RB and J. Good morning. All right, R.B., welcome back. We missed you last week. Thank you. We missed you in Omaha, Jake. I know. I'm sorry. I had to move my daughter into college, and now my other ones are moving in this week. How dare you Aww. put uh, family first. Okay. <laughs> right. Jake. Uh-oh. We lost, we lost him. Uh, see, we are having what you some did? technical you difficulties did. today. Did you see what you did? You said, how dare you go family first, and he hung up. But Jake will be mad. It sounded like he was in a bad reception area, too. So we'll wait for him to dial back in. But, you know, back to Crawford while we're waiting for Jake to dial in. It is refreshing. You know, I remember when we did a show long ago when we did an interview with him, and we asked him about a picture of him holding one of his first belts. And he was posing at home next to the wall, and the baby's potty was next to him (laughs) in the picture. When I have, when I remember Terrence Crawford over the years, I think that'll be one of my favorite memories of Terrence Crawford because he really is a family guy. And speaking yeah. of family guys, it looks like we got Jake Donovan back. <laughs> it's this damn eclipse, I tell you. One of these weeks, I'll figure out how to use my phone. All right, Jake. Uh, let's all right. jump right into let's jump right into Jake's take. The fight yeah. to save boxing. That is today's Jake's <laughs> take topic, and how this term has historically played out. We hear that Gregory is going to save boxing. We heard that Mayweather Pacquiao was going to save boxing. Explain yep. to us how this is used and how historically it has played out and how things played out. Yeah, it's what it really is, it's the laziest way to attract viewers. I mean, you know, writers, mainstream writers mainly, it always happens like in Sports Illustrated and other mainstream publications. They use that headline just to attract readers. It's no fight is going to ever save boxing. And in fact, every big fight seems to drive away fans because they all tune in just for that fight. And then they kind of disappear. Mm. Like in 2007, we just kind of tread, everyone, you know, decided we were going to tread water until Mayweather De La Hoya. Then once that happened, it actually mm-hmm. took support a while to get back on track. I mean, a good example was a month later, we had a great fight between Miguel Cotto and Deb Judah. You know, it was, I, I think it was more competitive than, than people thought it would be. It was a fun fight to watch, but it was on pay-per-view, so it didn't get a lot of viewers. It really wasn't until, like, later in September when Kelly Pavlik knocked out Jermaine Taylor in a fantastic middleweight mm-hmm. title fight. That's when boxing really seemed to get back on track. And 2007 really ended with a bang. You know, a couple of years ago, we had Mayweather and Pacquiao. It was like the whole world tuned in. You know, it set every single record. But we got lucky because we had, like, Canelo was on HBO right after that. Uh, Miguel Cotto was on HBO a month later. Gennady that summer. So it's like the sport had time to, you know, still, I guess, maintain uh, viewers. But it's not like 
the fans stayed with boxing. It's like I think this, the same fans are always going to watch boxing. So it's not like this one fight is going to bring all these fans into boxing. They're going to come to watch this fight, and then that's it. Boxing is just going to go back to normal. What boxing needs to really do is find that fight that's going to capitalize, that's going to, uh, I guess, you know, regain its groove. You know, be like Stellan, you know, get its groove back. And obviously, <laughs> the, obvious pick would be, <laughs> the obvious pick would be Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin a month later, or actually three weeks later. So hopefully once August 26th is over, it's not going to be the fight to save boxing. It's going to be a one-night show. You know, they're even saying it's a once-in-a-lifetime event. They're trying to tie it in with today's eclipse. That, oh, twice in a week we're going to see a once-in-a-lifetime <laughs> event. But... <laughs> On August 27th, sure look, did. the circus is, yeah, let, let the circus have its fun. You know, it's, all the hype is going to go towards, you know, Mayweather McGregor this week. It's been that way ever since the fight was announced. Once yeah. August 27th mm-hmm. comes around, boxing really needs to lock in and focus, you know, maybe focus on the undercard on, you know, Badu Jack and Nathan Cleverly and then, you know, Javante Davis. But really, on August 27th, really lock in on Gennady Golovkin and, and Canelo Alvarez. This is a fight boxing demanded. This is a fight boxing has. We have, if we're going to pick a fight that's going to save boxing, that's going to be the fight because there's no way in hell that fight is going to be boring. It's the fight boxing wanted. It's a terrific fight. That's the one we really need to start rallying behind come August 27th. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's right. Um, yeah, you know, what's going to keep the boxing fans intrigued? We can't just go dark. You know, right. after there's a really big fight. It's like Mayweather Pacquiao, right? Like you were saying, like, big fight, oh, my God. And then what happened after Mayweather Pacquiao? It's like the lights right. went we off. Can- yeah, exactly. Canelo fought the next week, but then that was it. It was just a bunch of placeholder fights until we got the big fight. Later that year, Canelo and Cotto, you know, Canelo established himself as the next day that you saw later that year. So that was the year where boxing actually got it right because it didn't take that long for the sport to recover. The problem was we just had such a miserable 2016 that now we're really spending all year trying to, you know, bring our audience back, which I think boxing has done a good job of doing. So another example of how boxing keeps the lights on, uh, RB, I know you're going to be involved with this September 22nd, you know, Pelts Boxing and Top Rank is going to be presented a big fight on ESPN. This is where ESPN really needs to start getting involved. You know, the first three shows, we had Manny Pacquiao, obviously a household name, Vasily mm-hmm. Lomachenko and Terrence Crawford, two of the very best in the sport, possibly two of the top three talents in the sport. Come September, we got uh, Gilberto Ramirez, Jesse Hart, Oscar Valdez, uh, Genesis Savania, all very good fighters, not household names. So ESPN really thought, you know, they're young fighters. This is the future of the sport. That's the angle ESPN and Top Rank. I know Top Rank will take that angle. ESPN needs to take that angle as well. And that's going to help, quote, unquote, save boxing. I felt like ESPN um, has gotten caught up with the Floyd Mayweather McGregor fight last week and the week before that, and I feel like maybe right. the Crawford and Dongo fight suffered a little bit. Well, I that. was going to say uh, this is what I absolutely love about, and Jay touched on this earlier with Terrence Crawford. I mean, there just seems to be a built-in fan base. He's the type you really can't hate on him. He just he gets in the ring, he's so nasty, and he dominates his opposition, and he's not boring about it. When he knows he's going to knock you out, I mean, the man goes all in. And I think fans really resonate to that. So this event was a major success because of Terrence Crawford, almost in spite of ESPN. Because like you said, they've been talking, if it's boxing, Mayweather McGregor has come up in every single conversation. Anytime anyone, even boxing-related, has appeared on the network all year, they've been asked, well, do you think Mayweather McGregor is going to happen? What's going to happen, you know, if the fight takes place? That's so you're right. That's all they ever want to talk about. And that's what I'm saying. It's like we just need to get through this week. Mayweather McGregor, they can have their moment all week. But it's a shame that a fight like Crawford and Dongo, it had to depend on, you know, just being for all the belts. It didn't matter. Terrence Crawford was already the champ, and for the second straight time, he's fighting the number one guy in his division. 
for the mm-hmm. second straight time, he blew through the number one guy in his division. I mean, and Dongo, never mind being an underdog, he's a favorite against most other super lightweights. Against yeah. Terrence Crawford, you know, Crawford was 11-1 favorite because Terrence Crawford is just that damn good. And he showed it again on Saturday. So I'm really happy that, you know, Bud and the whole B&B boxing team out there, that they continue to have this success in Nebraska. I mean, they have a great superstar in Terrence Crawford out in Nebraska. So hopefully ESPN catches on and recognizes that this guy, not just a boxing superstar, he could be a sports superstar. You know, and he really, they really need to get behind him because he is the future of the sport. And my, I've always said it. I think he's the most talented fighter. Him above Vasily Lomachenko in terms of all-around talent. Just because he just knows how to get the job done at all times, and he barely loses rounds. And he's fighting quality opposition. So, Jake, then, what does boxing from the business yep. side have to do to keep the lights on? We are a year-round sport, unlike other major right. sports, you know, football, basketball, et cetera, et cetera. So what ESPN has done cleverly in the past when it pertains to the other sports, <laughs> they do the fun clips, like they do the, the sports center clips where the guys are working in the office during the off season, right. and they do all these kind of funny things that keep people yeah. kind of tuned in and anticipate the what could boxers what? do? Could boxers, could they could be in corp since ESPN now is establishing themselves as the location, the non-premium location for boxing. Well, how hard is it to incorporate some fighters into some of these skits and jumping on Jamil Hill's show with, you know, what can <laughs> fighters do in the meantime to, to keep them? Well, I mean, this is where promoters get to promote. And fortunately for guys like Bud and Vasily Lomachenko and, of course, Manny Pacquiao, they have the best promoter in the game at top rank. I mean, on the boxing side, you've got Carl Moretti, Bruce Trampler, and Brad Goodman. I mean, that's like the holy trinity of, of anyone you would want to run a boxing company. And then you have Todd DeBuff, who's the driving force behind the business side. I mean, so it's, it's up to them. Let's get Terrence Crawford. I mean, Terrence Crawford vibes with all the athletes around the world. He's always posting pictures of, you know, basketball players and football players and every, just about everyone in boxing. I mean, you look at his Instagram and, and Twitter. This is a guy who truly loves his status. They say, oh, he doesn't have a personality. Mm-hmm. We finally got to see that personality in camp life. You know, um, he, and right. he even said it. They always love to have fun in training camp. It's just nobody's ever really gotten to see that side of Terrence Crawford until now. Now we're seeing it. He does have personality. You just can't ask him the same boxing questions over and over. Right. I mean, I get bored asking, I right. get bored asking those same questions. So, you know, you have to get to – now we finally get to know these athletes. It's the perfect – I mean, Terrence Crawford, he'd be great in those commercials, especially for a 30-second clip. So, I mean, hopefully Top Rank gets behind that. And, you know, we finally get to see it. The good thing is they're actually setting the schedule for the whole year, too. We already know that they got a date coming up in September. They have a date in October. Right. They have Manny Pacquiao, Jeff Horn, possibly in November. Vasily Lomachenko coming back in December. So we are keeping the lights on all year, even if it's just once a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great thing to have a major show on ESPN once a month. So that's kind yeah. of, you know, where PBC fell short. You know, they started out with good intentions, and then it just kind of fizzled. I think Top Rank is being cognizant of that. You know, and as Todd loves to say, they're doing a great job of keeping the lights on. So it just they just need to keep it going. They can't they can't grow stale. Absolutely. Well, it looks like it's about that time for us to jump into some prediction wars. Oh. And we are uh, we pro- I, I guess we should probably start keeping score since this is a a thing. I think we're all kind of tied up for the most part because we generally are all three on the same side of most fights since we predict different rounds. AB, our, right. RB edged us out on the Uh-oh, Jay, you're really breaking up there. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, 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 <laughs> she's in Vegas and in a hotel, and the reception uh, isn't all that great. So anyway, I'm not even sure if she could hear us or not, but um, I think she dropped off, but I think that we're still live. She'll be on in a few minutes. Okay. But, Jake, prediction wars, fight week this right. week. Koto Kamaji, who do you have and why? Um, I, I love Miguel Cotto in this fight. Uh, I, I got all the respect and role for Yoshihiro Kamagai, but I, he's I, – I don't want to say he's in way over his head. I mean, Miguel Cotto is coming off a, a major layoff, but Miguel Cotto's the type. He's going to come back when he knows he's 100% ready. He's kind of like Vitaly Klitschko in that regard. So I think he has his voice figured out. <laughs> he's going to break him down. He's going to stop him. I'm going to say he's going to take some rounds, probably stop him about six. I'll say uh, six-round stoppage. Kamagai's going to be fighting to the bitter end, yes. Tama guy's going to be fighting to the bitter end. Uh, the referee and maybe the corner will be stopping the fight. All right. Jay, Koto Kamaji, will you be there, and who are you picking? Wow, this is going to be an interesting fight just because Kama guy, he's such a, a tough guy. Koto has a lot of scar tissue. So this could end <laughs> up being a really bloody brawl. Yeah. I'm going to give the skill advantage to Cotto. I believe it goes the distance, but I give it to Cotto by majority decision. Unless Kamagai knocks him out, he ain't winning this fight. Wow. Bold pick. Interesting. Very bold. So let's see. i, I got to figure out how to spell So we're doing Kamaji by Hal J? Sagan, are you? You picked Kamaji by I'm Hal? Here. No, 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 no. I picked Kodo. Oh, Kodo. by decision. <laughs> I decision. No, I said, all um, right, um, uh, unless, unless Kodo gets knocked out, there's no way he's losing the fight. All right, gotcha. So I'm going to go with Kodo by majority um, decision. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people are thinking. Uh, Kodo tends to train to the level of his opposition. Um, and, again, I'm not knocking Austin Trout. I picked Austin Trout to win back then. But a lot of my picking him was because I knew that Cotto was kind of, like, looking over him a little bit. Like, he was kind of looking past him. And I think that's what we might see here. If you see him training out at the, train, at the wild card, you know, he's just kind of chilling. His family's out there. They're hanging out. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if, how serious this camp has been. But I am going to pick Cotto, but I think it's going to be a lot closer. Like, it could even be a draw. But I'm going to go ahead and pick Cotto by majority decision. Awesome. Awesome. Do we even want to bother to do some uh, – well, we could do some prediction wars for the undercard of the other no. happening. I don't even know who's <laughs> on the undercard. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We'll, we'll just say the Mayweather promotion fighters will win. There. <laughs> that is our prediction wars. Actually, you know what? They always have, like, one upset on one of their cards. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, You know, Steve Cunningham is a veteran. He'll be fighting Tabidi. You know, that should be a good fight. Uh, I don't think Tank Davis is going to have any problems whatsoever. But Jack Cleverly should be a good one, right? I mean, is that the one to watch for? Yeah, that's definitely the fight to watch on that card. I mean, that's the fight I actually wanted to see on the the card, and I'm glad that it did happen. So I, I think Badujak should win that fight, though. Um, it seems like a lot of people pick him Badu to win that fight. It's, it's the perfect light heavyweight fight for him. Hello. 
Oh, hello, hello. Okay, oh, we are still waiting. We're, we are having just some dysfunctional issues um, this morning. We're so sorry, but we're waiting to get Bomac on the line. While we wait for Bomac, Jake, let's take it back a little bit. Let's go back to um, the top-ranked boxing prelim ratings and how further it defines Crawford's star power more than yeah. the series success itself. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, the early ratings, it got, it's called a. Uh, a metered market rating. It got a 0.7 for the whole show, and his fight itself got a 1.0 rating. Uh, I'm going to try to dumb it down as best as possible because it's hard to really explain these ratings, but it's about 40% of what Manny Pacquiao pulled in. So that means we should be expecting a viewership of about 1.2 to 1.3 million for, uh, for his fight. Wow. So that's, again, again, with very little promotion and being drowned in Mayweather-McGregor height, I, that's a major win. You know, maybe not for boxing, but definitely for Terrence Crawford. That's something for him to put in his scrapbook and say, this is what I did without, you know, anyone really, you know, pushing, um, <laughs> pushing my fight. You know, it's, 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 Terrence Crawford and uh, Bomack, they've always been the driving force behind, you know, him being the star in Nebraska. And it's, you know, again, fans are just gravitating when, uh, to his fights. He has the highest rated fight on HBO. Uh, now, you know, obviously he's not going to beat out Manny Pacquiao, but, I mean, he slaughtered Vasily Lomachenko's ratings, although that show had all sorts of troubles, you know, in addition to the, the fights not being very good. But um, this is a great win for Terrence Crawford and really something to build on. Uh, my guess is he's going to move up to welterweight where there's a lot more money to be made, and I think, you know, he's just he doesn't have to dry himself out to make 140. But he has star power moving up. So, I mean, he's not going to be the guy that has to settle for B-side money going to 147. He can point yeah. to these ratings and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm a draw on HBO, and now I'm a big draw on ESPN as well. So congrats to them. Absolutely. And one last thing, Jake, before we wrap as we watch Terrence Crawford now make this this move to 147 pounds, how does a fighter like that, who is established dominance in his current weight class, make that transition to 147 in terms of opponent selection? Does he go right out the gate to a Mikey Garcia? Does he take his time and fight a fringe fighter? Like, what would be, in your opinion, the best strategy to make that that move now to 147? Look, I, I try to respect Bob Arum's, you know, Hall of Fame brilliance. Uh, he's already talking about his next fight might be Mike, Mike Alvarado. That might be his first fight at 147. It just, oh, I mean, from Mike. a competitive standpoint, I hope to God that fight doesn't happen. I mean, I get why Top Rank would want to do that, and I get why, why Alvarado was on this card. Maybe they just want to cash him out. I mean, obviously they want to cash him out, and maybe they see this as the perfect opportunity to cash him out because they are not going to get Mike to another title fight. So, I guess whatever, you know, ESPN invested money is behind that fight. That My guess is that's going to be next to Terrence until they find some more welterweights they can free up or until Bob, you know, gets serious about doing some business with Al Heyman because that's, you know, you look on the other side of the street, you know, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, I mean, Errol Spence. Those are, you know, those are the, those are the guys Ter- uh, Terrence Crawford needs to be fighting. Those are the guys that Tim Bradley was denied a chance to fight just because of boxing politics. So I hope to God that doesn't happen to Terrence. Um I don't. I hope so I, If it was up to Terrence Crawford and up and up to Bomack, my guess would be he, you know, he'd, he'd go right for Errol Spence, you know, straight out the gate, or you know, whenever Keith Thurman is ready to come back. But you know, top rank is gonna, I think, determine you know who he fights, and I, I'm guessing it's gonna be a name, a recognizable name for his first fight, but not necessarily a competitive matchup. All righty. Well, that sounds yeah. great. Thank you once again, Jake Donovan. Always a pleasure. Remind the people who are driving right now and don't have their phones in their hand where they can catch you and keep up on all your great work. 
Uh, yep, just follow me on Twitter at Jake in the Box and the Eclipse Club. And please make sure to pull over. Don't drive and try to watch the Eclipse. <laughs> All right, great. Well, thanks, Jake. Pleasure. We'll talk to you soon, and we'll take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Bo Mac. McIntyre. For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com, providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today, the only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. All right, and we are back with the Morning Punch and Show. It is now with great pleasure that we bring on the line the trainer of the newly minted, undisputed, light welterweight champion and ongoing candidate for trainer of the year, Bo Mac McIntyre. What's going on, Bo? What's up, what's up ladies? How y'all doing? We are doing well. Excited to talk to you this morning about your guy and your big win. Over the weekend, I, you know, I feel honored that you join us because the word on the street and the word on the curb is that Team Crawford don't do no interviews. So we are excited to have you here, and in honor of you being here, we're going to send you some feather bones in the mail. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about no damn feather bones in no California. What's wrong with you? We sending them. We nice. So be on the lookout for them at the at the gym. But at all jokes aside, it is really great to be with you and to talk with you. Your your guy looked very very good Saturday night. Was that punch the way you envisioned it when he connected? It sounded like a gunshot. Well, it was it wasn't the punch that we that we uh, you know that we uh, thought about. It was a. Uh, it was more or less like staying to the body early in the early rounds because, you know, you know, he comes out bouncing like a jackrabbit and shit. <laughs> uh, so we, if we figured we'd take his legs away from him early, he'd be able to slow down on the sixth or seventh round and then just go in for the kill. Well, that's exactly what happened. And that shot was heard inside the arena and across the country on TV. Um, I was telling our audience that the night before we had went for a walk and Terrence was talking about going to the body and, like you said, taking the legs away. And, you know, you guys always study and you guys do so much homework. And, Bomac, I have to tell you, you know that I've beat the drum for you for many years. You absolutely deserve trainer of the year. I don't give a shit what happens the rest of the year this year with any fighter, any trainer. You deserve trainer of the year. Well, I appreciate that, ladies. I appreciate that. But you know, I, we, we was in L.A. Uh, Jay, when, when I seen you, we had sat down with most of the writers there. Uh, there you know, uh, uh, USA Today, L.A. Times, you know, all those guys, Rayfield, and uh, one thing they said, well, you can't be candidate for Turner of the Year if you have one more fight this year. Oh. So, what's the use of having one more fucking fight this year? When we just unify the uh if we unify the titles, that doesn't make any sense. And then uh, right. you know, a couple of writers was like, "Well, well, you know, you on my you on my ballot, you got my vote and shit." But that's what they tell you in your face and shit. But you'll never know what they do behind your back. 
Wow. You're right. So uh, I'm like, you so know, if we, if we do get it, we do get it. If we don't, we don't. We ain't worried. We just keep on plugging and, sh- and just staying in the gym. Something that I wanted to talk to you about, though, is I learned a lot more about you guys when I was out there this past weekend about early on and how you guys started out going to camp. And I really want to share this with the listeners because, you know, you guys are on top of the world right now, but it definitely wasn't easy. You know, starting out, you had told me that you guys used to go to camp and you guys used to rent like a little raggedy house and you had no cable, no phone. You guys would just play dominoes at night, but you kept focused. And now look where you guys are. Talk to us about, you know, never losing focus and some of those hard times to get where you guys are today. It's actually funny. It's actually funny that you say that because, you know, I have another kid that's about to fight for the WPA Intercontinental here uh, November 11th. And we're going to do the same thing we uh, uh, do the same thing with him as far as camp goes when we first started. We're going to go back to the same house, and and that house hasn't changed has changed in the last four years. So because it, it's it's like uh, it's out in the boonies in Colorado Springs. It takes 20 minutes to get to the actual city, and then uh, you know the, the house next to you is probably a half a mile away. So you know there's nothing out there. The only things out there is a uh, it's dogs and rabbits and snakes and, and coyotes. So, you know, I mean, you can't be out there at night. So one thing you can do at night is play dominoes or play cards or, or talk to each other. And that's what we did. Nobody really wanted to sign you guys back then either. Not a lot of people had a lot of faith. Um, they couldn't really see the bigger vision with parents. And then I believe he was, what, 13-0 and 0 before Top Rank signed him? Uh, I think it was uh, 12 and 0. 12 and 0 is signed you, actually signed you. So, wow. And, and you know what? You know what? I think it was probably, I think it was probably uh, more fights than that because I just found out, and I'm gonna put it out there, that a, a Pacific manager used to used to put have kids sign fight uh, sign with a, a promotional company, and the promotional company don't even know it. So the kid thinking, oh, I'm signed with Top Rank when he's really not. So, and you know what I got to know, RP, that you know, Top Rank, they do put Top Rank cards. But when I went out to the kid, he was only a kid like this. Oh, boy. Hey, Bo. Yo. You're, break, you're breaking up. You, you, I don't think you were on your phone the whole time. Can you repeat that? I said, you know, like I know, like uh, uh, fighters, you know, top rank put kids on cards. It takes to get a good look at them. It might take two or three fights before they get before they even get looked at. And uh, but I know one manager. He used to have kids sign a top rank contract or or a Golden Boy contract, and the kid is thinking he signed when the kid really ain't. So mm. we 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 was like eleven or twelve and old when we actually got a top rank contract. But the damn thing looked so plain. I'm like, what the fuck? What, is this what kind of fucking contract is this? And then so, but it, it all worked out for the good for us, man, you know? Yeah. And, you know, over the past couple of years with Heyman and the PBC and, you know, a lot of times they were overpaying fighters and we don't see that happening too much now. But I'm sure it it could have been frustrating for you guys, you know, a year or two ago. Like, wow, look at these guys making all this buku money 
but you guys always put your legacy and your loyalty over those types of things, and you guys just stayed really focused, and it all worked out. Well, yeah, you know, we just had one common goal in mind. Every time that we go in, step inside the gym, that's just coming back from me all the way down to the kids, the little kids. We got to win. We got to do whatever we got to do to win. If you gotta, you gotta be in this gym seven days a week, two or three workouts a day. That's what you gotta do. You know what I'm saying? So, so uh, yeah. When when uh, back then, back then when those guys was getting two million or one point five million, and and we was like, well, what the fuck, man? Why could we can't get that? But hey, we stay focused. So now look what you're getting. So. Talk about now, look what he gets. I have a little fun fact to share with you. I don't know if anyone has sent this to you yet. So Bud and his fans from the great state of Nebraska have now made him the top American ticket seller besides Floyd Mayweather in boxing today. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. See how RB drops knowledge on you? Well, thank you, RB. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so he is, he so he is officially the top American ticket seller besides Floyd Mayweather in boxing today. With his five fights in Nebraska, each one has sold over ten thousand seats, and the only big name was Gambler. Talk to me about the love that he gets out there, because honestly, Bud doesn't do a lot of media. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. He's not all over the television. How do they support him as hard as they do to make him the top selling American boxer? Well, I think I think more or less is like a lot of social media, you know, a lot of uh, a word of mouth, and uh, and uh, you know he's humble and and people just love him. You know, he ain't out there flashy. You know, he got this or he got that. You know, he's a laid back cat and goes fishing and and be on the, the river or the lake and and uh, people love that shit, man. People love to see him catch a. 20 pound catfish and throw it back in the throw it back in the water and then you know just continue fishing you know but you know hey that's you know that's what he do you know people love that and so hey that's why he sells so many tickets so tell me after the big win bud always stays bud you always stay the same too what did you guys do yesterday? Did you guys hang out, go fishing? Was it just a chill day? Uh, what did you guys do? Back to normal life? And back to normal life, just barbecue, barbecue over his mama's house. Uh, you know, she threw some stuff on the grill because, uh, you know, a couple of people from Cop Ranking was still in town. So she invited him over to the house and he and sat around the backyard and played dominoes, played cards, and, you know, and just had some fun. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's going to go fishing today. He just called me while I've been, since I've been on this call. So, I'm sure he ain't going to do too much or nothing. I told him just to rest. All right. When do you think he'll be back in the gym? Well, he'll, be, he'll be in there today. I know I know he'll be in there today. Because, you know, because he's got the mother guys in the stable that works out with him. They fight in two weeks. So, he'll be in there, you know, try to critique them and try to tell them what to do and, you know, maybe spar them a couple rounds or something like that. But he's definitely going to be back in there today. I think that's so dope how he does that. Yeah. You say what? I think it's really dope how he does that. You know, he's now the the undisputed champion of the world. Today he has a cookout. Today he's going fishing, and he'll be back in the gym helping your other fighters get ready for their fight. I mean, it don't get no better than that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's cool. That's I mean, that's what we do. You know, 
That's all the only thing we do. I think we're coming out to Vegas. I think we come out to Vegas this week. I think. Mm, for what? Y'all signing a new contract? What's going on? Give us the word on no, the curve. No, probably, sending your, what, what you doing? Probably to pick up some new hardware. Ooh. Okay. I thought maybe you were going to Mayweather <laughs> McGregor. Who you got in that fight? Who? Mayweather you McGregor. Hey, oh, it's a fight this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Who fighting? Mayweather McGregor. Oh, I got it. Actually, Cody Kamasi is fighting this weekend. Who fighting? Toto Kamaji, Miguel Toto. This weekend? <laughs> You're weekend? so funny. Listen, before we let you go, I have a serious question. Will we see Terrence Crawford again this year? Will we see him back in the ring? Yeah, we fight me December 9th or December 11th or oh, somewhere wait, around. What? We fight like December. We fight in December. December 9th? I thought that was Lomachenko's fight date. Oh, Lomachenko. Hold on, I can't hear you. What'd you say? I said, the hell with Lomachenko. We're going to kick his ass off that date. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, Fomax, congratulations. Thank you for stopping by the Morning Punch and Show. Um, All right. You deserve the very best, and we'll talk to you soon. Oh, yeah, hold on. I got to cut the questions for you. Okay, we can't hear you. Talk closer to the phone. Okay, I got a couple questions for you. Wait, speak up. I have a couple questions for y'all. Oh, okay. Let's you go. Too. Let's hear it. Okay. Okay. Now, is it true... <clears throat> the word on the curve with the morning show. Is it true that you guys don't never send out the awards that people get? Because I know I know for a fact that a friend of mine had won something from you guys and he never got it. He lying. He guilty. Whatever he say, he lying. He guilty. Jay, Jay, can you speak up yes, on this, sir. please? Uh, whatever he lying, he lying. Whatever he say, he lying about it. He lying. Like Canaan, he lying. Okay. Okay. And my last question is: Is it true that? One second. Is it is it true? A... Is it true that uh, that you guys are going to be having uh, Jacquees spikes? Uh, as a as a commentator for you guys now. <laughs> hey, if he wants to get down with it, we we, we welcome Mr. Spike to add his commentary, and he's gonna punch you today in the kidney like Bud did in Zongo for giving his government name on the show. <laughs> Jack is Jack Queen. <laughs> He gonna hurt you bad, Bo. He gonna hurt you. Oh, hell, hell with red. (laughs) All right, ladies, be good. All right, thank you for stopping by. Bye. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com. 
we put hands on you. All right, folks, we are back. We got about five minutes left in the show, so we are going to run through these in case you missed the topics from the past week. In case you missed it, Sean Porter pulled out of the fight this weekend against Thomas DeLorme, citing personal reasons and a family death. Instead, DeLorme will now go on to fight your Dennis Ugas on the undercard of Mayweather McGregor. So we will keep Sean Porter in our thoughts on uh, the death of his family, and we await to see what his next move. There was a story out that he is going to resume his call-out of Danny Garcia, so we'll just wait and see what happens with our guy, Sean Porter. In case you missed it, but if we're on the other side of Crawford versus Ndongo now, you already know it. Andre Ward joins ESPN as a color commentator. Let us know how you think he did his first time out this past weekend on the Crawford card. So congratulations to Andre Ward. In case you missed it, David Benavides and Ronald Gabriel will battle for the vacant WBC Super Middleweight Championship on September 8th on Showtime. They will headline um, the fight card that will take place at the joint at the Hard Rock Casino in Las Vegas. So good luck to those gentlemen. In case you missed it, uh, Floyd Mayweather announced that following the, uh, the big money fight here against Conor McGregor, he'll now shift his focus to launching Mayweather Boxing and Fitness a series of boxing gyms across the globe. Preliminary plans say that he wants to, his five-year goal is to launch 500 gyms in five years. That's a whole lot of gyms, and I can't imagine that their membership dues are going to be cheap. Do you have some strippers in a gym? We don't know all that yet, but be on the lookout for Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Also, in case you missed it, Ann Wolf, you know, we've been following this story, at least I've been following this story, about Ann Wolf uh, is getting a TV show, and it looks like she said per her Twitter, the deal with TV is almost done, and she's working on that, but she needs, because she still feels the need to help people. There, she's going to start speaking a bit again and maybe do some life coaching, because there's something inside her that makes her want to help people. Could you imagine Ann Wolf doing like an Inyala Van Zandt Fix My Life type of show? That would be amazing. So last week she kind of came at Clarissa Shields a little bit too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are some people, um, I watch people's commentary in social media, and a commenter, I can't remember the name of the person who commented on her page, said that, they didn't particularly like Larissa Shields' comments following her last victory and the subsequent call-out of uh, Christine Hamer after she won on uh, the Showbox card that she hot headlined. And they wished that they had a more of an influencer, like an Ann Wolf in her life, to kind of guide her and what to say publicly. And Ann Wolf just, you know, politely responded that, you know, I wish her all the best. And so... She took the, the classy route of someone trying to ask her about it. So from what I get, she don't expect her to be beating the drum, at least right now, of Clarissa Shields from what we yeah. can see. And, uh, she, was pre- lastly, she, was pretty much say- she was pretty much saying, if you're the best, you don't have to keep saying that you're the best. That's, that was pretty much what Anne was kind of insinuating there. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, something so, like that. But anyway, so, ahead, moving forward. But don't – but don't go running to her Facebook page trying to start some shit because I know that's how y'all do. So get yeah, the information and, and go, wow. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not trying to get hit by either of them. 
So, you know, leave us out of it. We just report the news. And lastly, this news really made me kind of mad. Santa Cruz versus Mara's rematch called off due to money. What the hell? I wanted to see Santa Cruz versus Mara's too, but it looks like we're not getting it, RB. Well, this is what I'd like to say. Was it ever really formally announced? Was it really ever a made fight? No, it really wasn't. Um, And I don't think a lot of people, like, really, you know, care at this point. I mean, it wasn't being promoted. All the signs were on the wall. You didn't hear a lot about it. There was some behind-the-scenes thing going on. It was supposed to go to purse bid. It didn't go to purse bid because apparently – that had all been, you know, ironed out. But then it's like, nah, it wasn't ironed out. The money's not right. This ain't right. And now we don't have no fight. And now, when do we see either one of these guys fight again? How about that? Now what? Yeah, yeah. A lot of sitting on the bench, a lot of bench warming. Maybe Santa Cruz will run it back again with Frampton for a trilogy for Abner Mares. Who knows what's going to happen with him? So that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, let me just just word on the curb. We'll wrap up with the fight schedule. We'll play Know It or Blow It next week. Brought to you by BoxingInsider.com. Word on the curb. Dan Raphael did put this out there, so I'm going to give him credit for breaking it first. My word on the curb was about Lomachenko versus Rigadal. That is the fight that is going to happen on December 9th. It's going to happen at the Madison Square Garden in New York on ESPN. The fight is super duper uber close to being made. I mean, it's just now a matter of the ink drying on the paper with Rigadal. It's going to be an amateur pedigree show off. I mean, that's what this fight is going to be. Everybody has been yelling and kicking and screaming for this fight, Jay. So I hope they like it because this is going to be an amateur show off. I mean, this is going to be, you know, I think combined they, they have like over 400 amateur fights together, you know? So, I, I don't know what people are really expecting, but I'm expecting it to go the distance and it'll be a box off. And I, I am going to call an early prediction. I'm going to say Lomachenko by decision because Rigadal is going to have to move up, you know, from 122 to 130 for this fight. And he isn't the most active fighter. Uh, and I think Lomachenko is just going to be too big, too strong. Uh, Rigadal. Uh, with Rigadell on this card, top rank is said to load the undercard. Expect to see Michael Conlon on that card, Shakur Stevenson. They're just going to load it up with a, a lot of their young guys, the Kai Tafimo Lopez. Um, so it, it'll be a pretty good card in New York, and, and I think the people are really going to come out for it. That's the fight that everybody's been wanting to see. That's the fight that they're making. All right. Excellent. So looking forward to that. I don't know. Hey. We might have to have us a virtual, maybe we'll do a virtual fight party online and we'll figure something out. So stay tuned for more deep on that one. Before we wrap up here is the weekend fight schedule on August 25th from Miami, Miami, Oklahoma. That sounded weird saying that, Miami, Oklahoma. PBC on Fox Sports 1. Sergey Derevyachenko versus Toriano Johnson. Jesus, where'd they find Toriano Johnson? It's been a while. And that is a IBF middleweight eliminator. And then also on the card in the co-feature, Emmanuel Aline versus Hugo Centeno. Get your hair, get your hair products ready. So Hugo Centeno is back. Also um, on August 26th, you already know what it is. Uh, 
Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor here in Las Vegas. You already know what it is. Gervonta Davis versus Francisco Fonseca. Nathan Cleverly versus Badu Jack. And Andrew Tabidi versus Steve Cunningham. So look for that. If you're going to pay the 100 for the pay-per-view, you can watch that. If you don't want to pay the 100 you can watch Miguel Cotto versus Yoshihiro Kamagai on HBO. I will actually be back in Los Angeles for that Woo. fight. I'm here in Vegas right now, but I'm flying out Saturday afternoon, and I will be in the house for Cotto versus Kamagai at the Sunhub Arena and in the co-feature, Ray Barkin versus Ronnie Rio. So make sure you tune in. And just in case you missed it, Miguel Cotto Kamagai is for a title. It is for the vacant WBL middleweight title, and Vargas versus Rio is for the WBC junior featherweight title. So pick a fight, tune in, and let us know what you think. All right, it'll be good just to be a fan here and at home watching while Jay's out there working. Uh, All right. Um, Actually, there is a Kodo Kamaji conference call today, so make sure you stay tuned. We'll bring you guys live, you know, updates and quotes. And Miguel Kodo, I'm sure he'll be talking in the third person. We'll have a good time with that on Twitter this morning around 11 (laughs) a.m. Today's show was brought to you by TheBoxingInsider.com and WarTapeBrand.com. Make sure you visit badculture.net, ragingbabe.com. We appreciate you for listening today. Thank you, Jay. Catch us every Monday morning from 8 to 9. It's the Morning Punch-In Show. We're out.